All right, good morning to everybody. Welcome to the Crew Show meets the Guy Haberman Experience. Wednesday, 9.06 on the West Coast, six minutes afternoon on the East Coast. Hopefully everybody's having a great day. I'm brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week. We're also brought to you by Marin Auto Glass, 415-883-3030 and Underdog Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, K-R-U-E-G, and they'll match you up to your first $100. What's going on, guy? How you doing? And Shout out your sponsors. Larry, it's great to see you. I'm brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Toast to you and everybody watching on uh, your channel and uh, my channel. You can uh, hit that uh, thumbs up, that like button, subscribe to the channel. Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Take it to somebody's house, have it at your home, belly up to the bar uh, or the pool sidebar and uh, enjoy. This is straight vodka from tito's in a in a water bottle this is uh senior year of high school oh go go larry go uh while larry's uh oh attacking his insides butcherbox.com slash ham code ham (laughs) prize picks code ham 50 and game time code ham gets you 20 bucks off your uh, luxury suite at uh, allegiant stadium Wow, oh, your eyes went straight bloodshot. Oh, man, I don't take those vodka hits like I used to. All right, we're off and running. Niners in the Super Bowl. Senior Bowl practices going on right now on the NFL Network. I'm watching that. Maybe that's a little tape from yesterday because they probably don't practice this early. Maybe they do. Uh, it is in Mobile, South Alabama, University of South Alabama. So big, big week. You got the Senior Bowl on the tube. You got the down week. Uh, between the Super Bowl, the conference championship games, and the Super Bowl, and the Niners will take on the Chiefs. And I did see the Niners will be wearing white. The Chiefs will be wearing red. Teams wearing white have won 16 of the last 19 Super Bowls. So get ready for a Niner victory. Um, And the Niners are favored in this thing. Why don't we start right there? Should they be? Uh, well, depends, right? Like if you haven't watched the last two weeks of Niner football, it'd be obvious that the Niners are favored. If I'd said you week 18 Niners chiefs, Niners can be favored by two. You go, yeah, makes sense. Um, and then, you know, there's the other factors in terms of like where the money's going to come from. And obviously the chiefs are a big deal, but I think the Niners, I think the Niners probably have more fans on a national. If we just went volume of fan base, that'd be my guess. I'm not besmirching the chiefs. The chiefs are a big deal here, but that'd just be my guess. Um, but the Chiefs are the defending champion. They do have the better defense. They do have Patrick Mahomes. They just beat Buffalo and Buffalo and Baltimore and Baltimore while the Niners struggled mightily to get by a Green Bay team that was 28th against the run and a Lions team that was like 30th against the pass. But, yeah, but aren't these things de- dependent on we've got a year of data and they're using a year of data to plug into all their systems to determine who the favorite and who the underdog should be. Pro, I was thinking maybe it has to do with the fact that the Niners are plus one, 193 point differential. Kansas City's plus 77. So maybe that's it. Niners but I think just what viewed as more powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're saying, Larry, is what a lot of people believe, which is it's true, really. You can't deny this. The Chiefs are playing better football, more complete football right now, right? The Niners are not entering... 
on one hand, you'd go, wow, they just got to the Super Bowl not playing their best football of the year. Their best football of the year came pre-Ravens game, right? Not post-Ravens game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So on one hand, you'd go, well, that's it's pretty impressive. You get to the Super Bowl not playing your best. Now you got two weeks to try to find your, you know, try and find your best again. Uh, you could also argue, well, are the Chiefs really playing their best? They've scored like seven second, you know, fourth quarter, second half points. The last three, like the last quarter of the Bills game and then the second half of the Ravens game. I mean, they haven't scored really, right? I think they've got one touchdown in that stretch. So I don't know that they're playing their best football either. They've got an eraser in Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I, you know, I'm not, should I be surprised? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yes. If you would asked me after the game, what should the line of this game be? I'd say a point and a half either, you know, a point and a half to the Chiefs um, because they have Mahomes. But that's not, like I said, I think a lot of this is based on a year's worth of all these inputs, right? All these uh, statistical inputs that create their their lines. And so from that standard, it's not surprising. The 49ers were the better regular season team than the Chiefs were this year, I think. I mean, for the most part, I, I also think, well, we can. I got another thought on this, but it's the next topic. So, well, no, no, I, I we can go on this one. All, we can stay on this because it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I mean, um, Joe Thune is a great player at left guard. Is he going to go? We know Charles Amenahue's out. Kadarius Tony, he's out, right? Is Willie Gay going to play? Um, and if not, that's a major loss, in my opinion. So, the Chiefs maybe are a little bit more banged up than the 49ers on, on the surface. Maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, you know, this is not the same Chiefs team uh, or the same Niner team. Uh, there's only 14 players total left from the last time these teams played four years ago in the Super Bowl. And like eight of them are Niners and six of them are Chiefs. So uh, a lot of turnover in four years just kind of shows how quickly the NFL personnel dial turns, but the Niners definitely roll into this game pretty healthy. You know, I mean, I'm if, you know, yes, the Niners have had a slog in the first two playoff games, but they didn't lose anybody. Um, they're, they're full health, full tilt in this game. Well, I mean, they lost Talanoa Hufunga a long time ago, so we don't count yeah. that, but when you watch them, they missed Talanoa Hufunga, right? They definitely did against the Packers, I think. And, yeah. um, you know, this would be a this would be a game where you could use him. You know, his ability to anticipate is uh, and freelance a little bit, right? Against Mahomes, you're just kind of in a scary spot because they miss Cleveland Farrell too. They they miss Cleveland Farrell a ton, a ton. Yeah, those two guys for sure. So they're they're healthy based on what they've become, but um, you know, they're 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 missing. They're missing. There's no question. But that's the way it is. Nobody gets to this point fully healthy. Nobody's perfect. You know, the Niners have flaws. So do the Chiefs. But the the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. That is the one of the questions. I The first thing I want to ask you is, where did you fall on Ravens or Chiefs for the Niners? Because I think the Niners would have been better off playing Baltimore. Even though I think Baltimore has the better defense than Kansas City. The difference between Baltimore and we saw it in the game they just played in the AFC Championship game, the Niners really benefit when they can create mistakes from the opposing quarterback. And Lamar giveth and taketh. Mahomes just taketh. Like, he doesn't really giveth. Um, 
you know, I, I added up where I have this, his, his, his 17 game playoff stats, 39 touchdowns, seven picks. Wow. Cause he's played 17 playoff games. So he's played a season of playoff games, Larry, 39 touchdown passes, seven picks, uh, 67% passing 4,800 yards, 4,800 yards. Basically he's a, would be a top 30 NFL season of all time. And that's what he's done in 17 playoff games. So he's the single reason why uh, I think if you had to pick, I would have picked the Ravens despite what happened the last time that said, you got the chiefs now. And I think there's, there's a give and take, like there's something different with them um, than there is with Baltimore. I think Baltimore's better on defense. So, you know, you, you take it, but Baltimore is really special. Have has really special players in the middle of the field, and the Niners love to eat in the middle of the field. So that is, I think, a bad matchup. You'd rather you have know? the Chiefs because of that, you think? Well, Patrick Queen and um, Roquan and Hamilton and Stone, and if they go with Humphrey and Matabuke, I mean, they just they're really, really good in the middle of the field. I still think 49ers would have had a great chance to beat them, but um, I actually kind of feel like maybe the Chiefs are gettable this time. I mean, Mahomes has 14 interceptions this year. He's got zero in the last 20 quarters. So you maybe you could argue he's due. <laughs> and I and I will say this. That, Jordan Love was. Yeah. I, I, I do think Green Bay's uh, weapons and... Um, Detroit's weapons were better than Kansas City's weapons. I don't, I mean, you know what Kansas City, like with, with the Green Bay, you didn't know what weapon they were going to at what point. And with Detroit, they were stacked and they had just a bunch of different weapons. You know, when you're going against Kansas City, that they're looking for Rasheed Rice in the red zone, they're looking for Kelsey and they're going to run Pacheco. So you can kind of hone in on those three guys, their tendencies, where they are on the field. I also kind of feel like, you know, Jawan Taylor, who's got 20 penalties on the year, seven more than any other player in the game this year. The second place uh, for most penalties was 13. He's got 20. Has and he he's going to go the against playoffs? I don't know if he has they, one in the playoffs. I, they, I don't know either. I, it feels to me like they have stopped committing penalties and making mistakes in the postseason. Not to say they flipped. Feels the switch, to me like it the, feels like, like they the, flipped the switch. It feels to me like the NFL's got a mandate to not, you know, to have the games be under officiated instead of over officiated. Great. I mean, fantastic. I feel better about this game from a Niners, despite a, despite what I just said about the Ravens or the Chiefs. I feel better about this game for the Niners than I did about the Lions game going into it. And that's as a as a certified Lions. Like I've said, for I just think the Lions had a ceiling on them. I've said, like, that was a big game for me personally, Larry, because I've been saying for a long time, golf isn't going to get you a championship, and this Lions team has a ceiling. But as we approach the game, I had to acknowledge they have the type of offensive weapons that can scare you because they got a lot of them. And I think the type of offenses the Niners struggle with the most are the ones with multiple superior athletes. They seem because they're secondary, even with Mooney Ward, it's not necessarily about superior athletes, right? Um, and I think those types of the gym when you combine like Amon Ross St. Brown with Jameer Gibbs, like those are the teams that scare me. Now you could argue, well, maybe Rushy Rice and 
Isaiah Pacheco or a combo like that, right? Rasheed Rice is second only to Debo Samuel for the average number of yak per catch this year. Those are the only two guys in the league that averaged over eight yards after the catch. So, but he's not St. Brown and no. Pacheco's not Pacheco's good, but he's he's not Jameer Gibbs. So I actually think the Niners match up better with this offense. It's just you got that big glowing light in the back that is Mahomes. But I feel better about the Niners winning this game. I was a little more on edge for the Lions. I, you know, I, I I just feel like this is not as good a chief team as the Niners faced four years ago. That team had that team was not as good defensively, uh, potentially, but um, but that team had Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill was really really scary and a total mismatch, and they just had more receivers and more options to go to, even when they played the Niners um, at tw- in twenty twenty two and put up forty four points at Levi's. That was a day where they still, you know, they had Juju Smith Schuster. They had more weapons. You know what they have right now. Um, what's going to be interesting to me is Steve Wilkes. Um, what does Steve Wilkes do up front? And and as far as trying to defend, you know, uh, the run. Because, you know, the one thing about the Ravens game, again, you know, the AFC Championship game, when the Chiefs got down in the first half um, inside the red zone, Man, they just ran they ran Pacheco right down the middle. Because that's the strength of their O line is the interior. And they ran him in, you know, behind those that strong interior. Can the 49ers stand up to that? And overall, you know, this might be a game where you might want to put Javon Kinlaw in there um and see if he can See, the one problem the Niners have is that I think when you saw it in this game, you saw it in the last couple of games. If the interior offensive line can easily climb to that next level and pick off Warner or pick off Greenlaw, then they're totally susceptible to the outside zone run to the edges and the cutback. And you saw it against Aaron Jones and you saw it a little bit against Gibbs. I mean, where they looked totally awful was on that play where he scored, where he cut back, and it was just like nobody was there. I mean, they're relying. Tayshawn Gibson is just very, very iffy to me. So um, to ask Tayshawn Gibson to be like the teeth of your run D is a problem. They need it to be Greenlaw and Warner, and that means they need to protect Greenlaw and Warner and keep offensive linemen off their legs, and that means that, you can't go with Givens or Sebastian Joseph Day that much. You gotta play Kinlaw inside. Kinlaw is the guy that can absorb offensive linemen on his legs and and or offensive linemen and just you know in combo blocks and can keep them from climbing so successfully to block Warner and Greenlaw. To me, that's a major, major key. And the other one is maybe maybe you go Armstead. You know, maybe you don't take Chase Young's not great at setting the edge. And neither's Gregory, neither's Beal. You know, the Niners don't have an Ebukam. They don't have an Amenahue. They had both of them last year. So you're willing to take Armstead out of the middle of the defense? I I would in certain situations to set the edge, um, you know, against this run game. 
Um, I, I, I think it's really important that the Niners stop the run. Um, and, and then it, I, to me, it really also comes down to, man, you better, you better the young DBs better play. I mean, do you, a lot of people say sit Ambry for, you know, put, put Demo in the, in the, uh, outside and, or, or, or maybe run Logan Ryan in the slot and let Demo play outside. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but I think I would roll with Ambry and I would activate guys like, you know, Luter and Womack. And I would just try to pump those guys with as much uh, confidence as possible. I, I think it's all hands on deck for, you know, trying to stop Mahomes in this passing game. But I, I, I definitely think the 49ers have an edge when it comes to the tackles for the chiefs. I think their tackles are totally beatable and Bosa could have a career game. Yeah, I mean, you got better, you got worse tackles, but a much more elusive quarterback than last week, right? With golf, it's interesting looking. And and again, I I really hesitate with some of these regular season numbers because I think the Chiefs look like a different team in the playoffs. But that said, against pressure this year, Mahomes was 17th in the NFL in completion percentage. There he was 48 percent against pressure. He was uh, five touchdowns, eight interceptions against pressure. Now, would you rather play Dak? Dak was number one against pressure. Who would you rather play? Like, okay, I'd rather play Dak. I don't care about this number, right? Purdy was third in the league against pressure. But what did you say Mahomes was against pressure? Seven. When I filter out, like, you know, for just the guys who throw the ball a lot, who played a lot, Mahomes was 17th in completion percentage, just between Derek Carr and Justin Fields. Wow. 48.6%. Now, is that who Patrick Mahomes is? No. Well, he's, he's been in the playoffs. Scramble. That's the other thing. You gotta, you gotta be ready when he takes off because that's that he. That, to me, that's the equalizer for Mahomes in the playoffs. If you say, why does Mahomes look better in the playoffs? Because one, they don't throw it to for the most part. They're not throwing it to any of their subpar guys. So Watson, Valdez, Scantling, Hardman, Richie James, Justin Ross. I mean, those guys are not being utilized nearly as much. It's a lot to Rasheed Rice. It's a lot to Kelsey in the red zone. A little bit to Noah Gray. A lot of handoffs to Pacheco. And then Mahomes fills in the blanks by running the ball when trying to convert. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Well, I, I think I see people in the comments saying this, and I agree. I, I My theory is that that number is a product of who who's on his team, who he's throwing it to, who he's trying to get it to. But these guys, MVS is catching the ball in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, can you – the other thing – and he caught the ball in the the game at Levi's in 2022. He had over 100 yards that day. He caught the biggest. He caught that big, you know, the big third down throw at the end of the Ravens game. It was a tough catch. Um, you know, so I I think it's going to be a lot of, I think hitting Kelsey a lot is going to matter. You know, can can Travis Travis Kelsey was, you know, when that Ravens game started, he was taking over the game, right? Can he do that for four quarters if it's Warner and Greenlock hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and chasing them down and chasing them down? You know, uh, it's it's a cliche, but it, Shanahan, as much as any coach, plays the four-quarter game. And um, I wonder, has Kansas City worn out a little in the second halves these last two weeks? Now, they won. They did what they had to do. But has there? It, are you asking a lot? Of, are they asking a lot, a lot of Travis Kelsey? Now, him getting two weeks off, that's a big deal now. 
they've had to play a lot of football, right? They did not get the one seed. They had to play on the road twice. Um, so I wonder if they if they do they have like a four can Kelsey do that for four quarters if Greenlaw and Warner are are hitting him after every catch. I I think that's I don't want it's not advantage 49ers because he's a fantastic player, but I just think early I don't get if if Kelsey's got like seven catches in the first three drives. Okay, I, it doesn't mean he's going to finish with 15. Um you got to have to weather a storm here and you're going to have to score. I mean, you just you know, you're going to have to complete drives. Um back to the site of of Jake Moody's two preseason misses by the way in Los Angeles. Oh Vegas. gosh. I mean, and, you know, he, he just missed. needs to get hit in the mouth once, you know, you know, he, guys say like, I got in the game, I get hit in the mouth and now I'm in it. He misses yeah. a kick and then he, he's locking in Larry. I know it's, it's, he, you know, he's such a question mark. And then of course they've got Butker who's been really, really solid throughout his career. So that's advantage Kansas city for sure. Kansas city's got an advantage on, on, on special teams. They have Mahomes on offense and they've got a great defense. I mean, the one thing that I, that you know, all Niner fans should fear is Chris Jones taking over the game. Yeah, because Chris Jones, every time he plays the Niners, takes over the game, bats down passes, sacks the quarterback, is a beast against the run. I mean, he looks so much better than Aaron Donald. Um, it's not even funny. I mean, the Niners neutralize Aaron Donald. Chris Jones is like holding a his own personal party out there. But the the rest of this line now, Karloftis, you know, is is definitely a big, uh, you know, motors running, you know, high the whole game. He's a you know he's a first round pick for a reason. But the rest of these guys, now that you don't have Charles Amenahieu, you know, Tershawn Wharton, Mike Dana, uh, Malik Herring, Neil Farrell, B.J. Thompson, the rookie, who I liked in the draft. I liked him. Stephen F. Austin guy. Uh, he's not bad. Um, the K-State guy, Felix Anaduke and Anadike Uzuma. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that losing a Menahue was a huge, huge loss for that team. Huge. Uh, because he's he was he's an edge setter. He's a he's a great motor, great rusher. Um, long arms keeps coming, you know, many a tough guy to block. It's seven so, sacks in like half a season. Yeah. He's but really good with Trent Williams. You're going to neutralize one of their guys. Anyway, you know, the real issue is who's up, who's up on McKivitz and really Chris Jones, because most of the pressures in that lions game, they didn't come from Aiden Hutchinson. They came up the middle. They yeah. came on, on the guards, right? They Aline came on McNeil. banks. They came on Banks and Feliciano. That's where they got their pressures. Can Feliciano handle Jones? I mean, we've never seen it. We'll see. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I would say no. Well, um, got, this is why George Kittle only got two targets last week. You know, right. I, this to me, I don't know what you think. It does not set up because of that as a big Kittle. Kittle get, you know, what Kittle get his two, and one of them will be for 22. So it, it's all like everyone matters. But I'd be surprised if George. I don't know what the over/under like prop on Kittle catches is. I'd probably take the under because I think he's gonna have to block a lot, like he yeah. did last week, and he did a good job. Um, Nick Bolton concerns me. 
You know, he's just he, he was neutralized in this Ravens game, but the week before he had tons of tackles. Legarius Sneed, can he shut down Ayuk by himself? He might be able to. Uh, Edwards has got a great nose Fine. for the ball, for the free safety. Trent McDuffie, the nickel, is one of the best nickels in the in the game. So then, to me, it seems like the 49ers have to be able to play. They got to get a lead and play from ahead. They can't. They can't play from behind against this team. They play from behind. It's going to be a long day. Yeah, I mean the Lions game was a long day. Uh, I agree, but playing from ahead, I, I don't know how far ahead. Because if you're seven ahead, I, it's going to be a long day, also, right? Yeah, because Mahomes will keep coming at you. So now you need a you need to get a you need to get a lead. You need to get a you know, I don't even know what kind of lead I'd feel comfortable with. To be completely honest, probably like three touchdowns. Yeah, you're, the, the kind of lead that you're not getting is yeah. the kind of lead you need. You got you got to have to earn it, Larry. You, these are Super Bowls. You got to. You got to bite your fingernails down to a stub and you got to go earn it. And there's yeah. you like to me, being up 14 at halftime means nothing. In oh, this I know. Game. So I, I am, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I agree. Like they're better from ahead. We've seen it. You'd rather play that way. It's less stressful, but this game is going to be a little different. This is, I don't think it's, this is not like your classic Niner recipe game. And the last two playoff games have not been your classic Niner recipe game. Meaning they play a lot of games where touchdown, stop, touchdown, interception, ball game. And now just McCaffrey's getting carries just for fun for two and a half quarters. And that's not normal. That's not, you know, that's flu. It's, it's fluky if it happens in the Super Bowl. And it's fluky things do happen in the Super Bowl. But you, you watch, we saw, we've just seen too many games where you, like, there's no sit on the ball take your 14-point lead and just chill. You are going to have to find a way to keep score. Now, I don't think it's 48. Let me ask you this. Here's a question for you. Uh, the Chiefs have scored 30 points this year, three times. Okay? In their other 17 games, including the playoffs, the average amount of points that won the game, so this is either for the Chiefs if they won or the opponent if they won, the average amount of points for the winning team was 22 points. So outside of three games, what it took to win a game with the Chiefs, either by them or by the opponent, was 22. Which I would have, you know, you'd think historically with like Mahomes and Andy Reid, that number would be 26, 27. Yeah. So 22. So I think 24 is the key number here. That's I think 24 is my number. If they yeah. can get to 24, I think they're, I think they're, you know, be they'll be. They'll, now, keep be, in mind, in the playoffs, Larry, they scored 27 and 26 in cold temperatures, right, against Miami at home and in Buffalo. So 24 would not have won two of their three playoff games. I think 24, though, is, is the number that I would feel good about. I'd feel good about the Niners' chances if they could get at least 24. Um, I think Bosa's going to dominate. I really do. I mean... Um, he's coming off a game against Detroit where he had eight pressures, two sacks, two quarterback hits, four hurries, two tackles. He stepped up huge. Um, and to me, it's a lot about where's Javon Hargrave? You know, I mean, Javon Hargrave, Bosa had an 80.2 PFF. Javon Hargrave had a 59.3. He had a lower PFF grade than Kinlaw. Injured by the run, I think, especially. 
a little concerned about the Niners. What a lot of people are very concerned about Chase Young. You know, I don't know if you saw that whole thing. The Niners are unhappy and they may he may not start. I don't know what you can do. I mean, you you got you have who you have at this point. I saw the clip <laughs> that everybody saw. Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, Gre- Greg Golson said during the game, he's, he's a premier pass rusher, which I think I, I don't think he meant in that way. You just talk in and it's pre- he's a premier prospect, but he, he's not. It's a premier name. It's a premier name. Yeah. I mean, uh, in hindsight, I saw Barstool had a story the other day. It, just, it was titled like the commanders fleece the 49ers in Chase Young deal, which. You know, at the time we thought like, oh, what what a steal. The 49ers got Chase Young. The reality is he's playing for them in their biggest game. So they did. It turns out they needed him. Right. But I don't really know that there's much of a. Alternative. I mean, what what do you do? Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's you got to kind of, you know, the old saying, you got to dance with the girl who you brought. Uh, you know, it's as simple as that. I mean, they're, they're just going to have to hope that he, that he gets, you know, I mean, the one thing he's plenty motivated, he's a free agent in the off season. It's the super bowl. This I is guess. whatever he does in this game is going to have a direct effect on his cash. I he guess knows he knows it. So, well, I mean, is he plenty motivated? I don't know. I don't know in either, theory, but you, you, it's easy to say you should be, but yeah. He's got. He made a lot of money. He was a top pick. I don't know. Is if he, he wants to get paid big, he's going to have to have a big game here. Um, I mean, we've seen guys do this before. Um, you know, Clowney has had some bad years and then looked good at the end of the year and gotten paid. We we did we do know what motivates Clowney. We saw it at the end of the season, right? He started dancing after he got his bonus. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like he's look. This guy's gonna. This guy's gonna miss. It's just he. He'll make some. He made a couple run. He made some tackles in the run game. I thought you, you are. You you are. We're talking about a team with the most all pros, and and they got holes. Just like Kansas City's got holes. Like there are no perfect teams. No. You're not gonna plug every hole. You're gonna have flaws. Someone's got to step up and make a play. Bosa's got to track somebody down. He's paid way more money, so he's got to be better than the guy on the other side. Greenlaw and Warner. You drafted Jair Brown. Hopefully, he'll make a play. You got Diamador Lenore. You're playing Mooney. You're playing Mooney Ward. You believe in Ambry Thomas. You coached him up. Like this is who you got. There's nothing you can do. This is the right. Super Bowl. He's gonna guess what too. Mahomes gonna hit a big play. Pacheco's gonna break off a 12 yard run. He might break off a 17 er. You're gonna miss some tackles. Mahomes is gonna get out of a sack. This is real life. Like it's there's it's you got to overcome some things. You got to figure things out. But I think sitting around hoping that Chase Young finds some motivation to be better than he's been. He had the play that he everybody saw where he you know lackadaisical on the run. He had some other plays where he made a couple here and there. Made a made a I think it was a first down run stuff for a loss of three, whatever it was. This is what it is. This is this is the team. Yeah, there's, there's no changing it now. Guys are gonna have to step up. I mean, they're gonna have. Um, I mean, I'll tell you the the one that makes me. You know, I want to see guys like Womack activated. You know, I, I, to me, it's. I like, mean, that I would be a departure from the way they act, though. The Niners, right? They, I know. But I mean, I think they need 
all hands on deck when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be, they're going to be challenged. They're going to be challenged. Now, I feel like there's a chance Nick Bosa could be the Super Bowl MVP. I feel like there's a chance where he could have an all-time game. Um, and there's a, to me, there's a chance for that. So um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping that, um, you know, that that's the case. Can you and, bring somebody from Mobile? Is that allowed? Can Lynch go pick up somebody in Mobile this week? Yeah. There's some good old linemen in, in so Mobile. You think no you can doubt. score 26 points, win the game, and Bosa gets the MVP because he gets, what, two sacks? And I think Bosa can, can you know, keep the chief defense down by just being a terror off the edge, causing Jawan Taylor to have a couple holding penalties that negate big big gains, sacking Mahomes three or four times, um, you know, maybe batting down a pass or two. I think Bosa can be a consistent force in this game. I think that he's playing well. He's in, in the super prime of his career. You know, last time around, he had a great game, but he was a real, real young player. Now he's one of the leaders on the team. Um, he's coming off a real strong playoff performance and I you know he's going up against an opponent that should be totally overwhelmed by him you know maybe he maybe he gets to that point he can just dominate it's him against Mahomes you know like there will there will be we know there will be two or three plays in the game where it's one-on-one Nick Bosa against Patrick Mahomes and we'll see what happens how concerned are you about Bill Vinovich I don't think about it at all you he asked me about that one other time on the show. I don't think about it for seven seconds. I know. I, I'm he's not coach, a big he's, rep. He's, he's officiating both teams. Right. So unless I think he's dirty, which I no, don't. No, but what if there's a mandate to not call penalties? And then right. all of a sudden you just Fine. I, I would rather watch a football game with less penalties. I would too, unless Nick Bosa is being held by Jawan Taylor on everything. Okay, play. well, unless Chris Jones is being held by John Feliciano. Yeah. So I, I don't think about it, goes it at both all. Ways. I couldn't care less. I think it's I think it's I think it's just the most exhausting talking about officiating to me is the most exhausting thing. Yeah. No, I agree. But it's a to me that's definitely going to be a talking point. Um I mean the the other question is, you know, on the Niners offensive side of the ball, I mean what kind of game plan do they have? And what I mean, what kind of success are they going to have against this Chiefs defense? You know, where are they? Um, you know, who can they pick on? Can is it Drew Tranquil? Is it uh is it, you know, who who's the who's the conflict defender? Uh that's that's the one question I would have. It seems like maybe Willie Gay doesn't go and it's Leo Chenal. But man, you're gonna have a hard time going up against Nick Bolton, and he just flies, he's got great instincts. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a better tackling team than Detroit. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of yak, um, like line of scrimmage yak last week for the Niners, right? Yards, not yards after catch, eight yards down the field. Debo catches an eight yard catch and then goes for seven more, but plays that could be no gainers that turn into four yards, turn into eight yards. Debo had several plays 
that were, well, that could be a two-yard gain, but then it's an eight-yard gain or an eight. He had one that was like an 18-yard gain. I don't know if you saw the video I did on on a lot of the kind of the 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 less exciting yak in this game, uh, in this last game, right? Here's McCaffrey, no gain. No, it's two yards. And it's just, it's so big for this team to stay ahead of the sticks. Not, not even ahead, right? Second and eight's not ahead, but it's also not second and 11 or second and 12. And they did a really good job of that against Detroit. Turning, like Kyle Shanahan, a lot of just, all right, it, a lot of one-on-one basketball. It wasn't actually one-on-one, but it was, I'm just going to give the ball to Debo or I'm going to give it to Christian and we're going to see what they can do. And they delivered. Uh, even on plays that didn't work. Like, obviously, when the play works, it's going to be 20 yards. But there were plays that didn't work that got three that could have otherwise gotten zero. So I, I think Kansas City is going to be better in that regard than Detroit was. But I also think it's still kind of the same recipe. It's, are you playing matchups? You're playing open guy. You just, you got McCaffrey. You got Debo. You're going to get a couple of juice. You're going to get Kittle. You're going to get Ayuk. Like, I don't know, man. They got good players. You got good players. I think we we saw it in Cleveland. We saw it with uh, Baltimore. You know, Niners, easy to forget this, although I keep repeating it, so hopefully it's not easy to forget. But the Niners, at least at that point in the season, I haven't checked since the games after. But Purdy had more throws, completions, of 10 air yards or more against Baltimore than in any other game leading up to that point this year. He had, I think he had 11 of them. So it's not like there weren't, even against a really good defense, there were big plays to be had in the passing game against Baltimore. And the Niners made them that day. So, you know, I think you're getting it to your guys wherever they are, whoever's on them, and let them make a play. Stop. I dare you to stop me. Is this it, by the way, for Andy Reid, do you think? What what has John been saying about this? He's 65. He's 65, man. He's been doing this for 25 years. Yeah, he said he'd be surprised. If he if he hung it up, well, he's a football junkie who has Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Unless he wants to hand it off to Matt Nagy, like really wants to hand it off to Matt Nagy, he's got a defensive quarter that's not going anywhere. Maybe, maybe, but that's not really. Do you walk away from prime Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely, doesn't it? I think it's unlikely. Prime Mahomes when you can win like maybe two more Super Bowls. Mahomes is going to win. You know, if you win this one and he gets his third, now we're like one Super Bowl away from, is he the greatest of all? You know, we'll start having the, you remember before Brady passed Montana, we were having the conversation. Is Tom the greatest of all time? Uh, so we can have the conversation early on Mahomes because of how it looks. So I'd, I'd be surprised. Um. What do you think we're going to get from Brock Purdy in this game? How 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 do you feel about Purdy and the good. way he's the way he's playing coming into this one? It's I just, feel good because because I know he doesn't have to be perfect. I know it doesn't have to be clean. I know you can hit him early, turn him over, create uncomfortable pockets, and he'll he'll he can still play winning football. So for that reason, Larry, I feel really good about Brock. That doesn't mean he's going to be. 24 at 30 for 295, two touchdowns, no picks. But I just feel good that in in what I think this game is going to be, where you're imperfect, they're imperfect. 
you know, the game they just played has really prepared. I think the game before really prepared. But it also, more than prepared, it just show it confirmed kind of, if you think Brock's a grinder, and when I say grinder, I just mean like can handle failure and bounce back within the same game, then the last two games have really shown that. Something that I already believed he had, but I but he he proved it further. So I, I feel pretty good about him. I think he's gonna be good. I don't you know, because I think in these games, uh, you have to be able to handle handle pressure and failure. And I think he has shown he can handle pressure and failure. Did you see this little thing? I'm gonna share the screen on this. This is really good. Uh this little clip from NFL films. This is Bosa, looks like, talking to him right in their corner of the locker room. So the fact that you just again, it's my mind, all of us, bro. Yeah. All of us. It's crazy. Did you think you'd be this good? I think I've asked you this before. I know, but did you, like, how much confidence did you have? That was the second pick of the draft, and I lacked confidence. I Part about the game, but ah, oh, come at your brother. <laughs> that was kind of an interesting exchange. Did you think you're gonna be this good? No, bro. I thought I was gonna be S. <laughs> what stood out to me about that was how uncomfortable Brock was. Yeah, with the cam- I, you know, probably oh, having the, the cameras camera. around. He felt like yeah. he should say. What would sound, Brock really wanted that conversation to end? Like he tried to end it twice with just like a handshake and a hug, right? And Bosa just like, you know, Bosa's like doing his own podcast there for a second, you know, which was really funny because it feels kind of out of character for Nick with the cameras on to do that. Did um, Nick know the cameras that were on there? Well, there's another one behind. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Nick didn't know. Maybe Nick didn't know. There's so much going on around you. There's cameras everywhere. I thought it was a really sweet moment for Nick. I thought that was really cool. And I think, look, I, in, in the era in honestly, which Honestly, I live, could do better. That's Honestly, I could do better. I mean, that's a great line. Yeah, it's it's a good line, but he it's not exactly what he would have said, I don't think, if the cameras weren't around. I, I think I, what Brock I... Brock knew what, the cameras were on. The question is, did Nick? Yeah, I, I appreciate Brock's... You know, Brock was trying to walk a fine line there if he really believes in himself. But he's also not the guy that says it a certain way. And we live in an era where if you want to copy what you think a quarterback is supposed to sound like and look like and talk like in front of the cameras, it's very easy. You can go watch any of your favorite quarterbacks, like if you're a quarterback, right? You can. You, I watch a lot of this. My buddy Yogi Roth does a lot of this Elite 11 stuff, so I've watched a lot of it over the years. And it's interesting to try and figure out which of these guys is just putting on what they know a quarterback is supposed to sound and talk like and which of them is just being themselves. And what I lo- one of the things I love about Brock is he is not he, he is not too slick about it, right? He's not practice. He's just trying... To, to, to walk the line of being smooth and direct and how the quarterback's supposed to be, but but not talking in a way that lets you see exactly how much he really believes in himself. And, um, uh, you know, it won't probably always be that way. If Brock plays for the Niners for 10 years, he'll get a little older, he'll get a little more comfortable, 
He'll be a little more mature, and he'll say some more things. But right now, at this point, because of his age, because of how many stars are on his team, he doesn't have to act like I'm the man, right? If he, if you're the quarterback of a, if he'd walked into a three-win team, then he'd have to do some of the I'm here to turn this franchise around stuff, and um, or he wouldn't have to, but I think some guys would in that spot, you know. And because it's not exactly where he fits into the locker room, just based on accomplishments. He gets to, I think, just be himself, which is good. He gets to slowly come along in, in that way. But I, I don't know. I, I think everything about Brock is fascinating. I find him really interesting what he's trying to do. If they win the Super Bowl, the debate about Brock Purdy doesn't end. It only intensifies. You know, if anybody out there is a pro-Brock person, quote-unquote, and thinks like, I just want him to win the Super Bowl to prove everybody wrong, I've, we've been in media a long time, Larry. That's not how it works. You don't get to just win one game and end a debate. No. It's going to rage all offseason. It'll go through next year. Can he do it again? Anybody can win a Super Bowl. You know, it'll be whatever, which is fine. I, 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 I'm not just here for it for like the clicks. I just think it's really interesting. I don't think there's anything more interesting than a young quarterback, everyone trying to figure out, is he going to be a superstar or is he not going to be a superstar, right? And we went through it with Kaepernick, remember? It was just as fascinating, maybe even more fascinating then, because people thought this guy could be an all-time great quarterback. And you had him replacing Alex. And like, are you allowed to lose your job to an injury? Right? You remember that debate? So uh, we've had it. This is the second time we've had it in a decade. And it's just, um, you know, it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift for everybody who covers it, who watches it, who loves debating sports. It's it's awesome. And and he's playing well while doing it. And he's he's just an interesting guy and a unique story and there's i've never seen anything quite like i've seen you know we've all seen like kaepernick was one thing but the last pick of the draft this is something different i've never seen anything like it it's it's uh it's like if lynn sanity lasted two year a year and a half you know well, like I, if, if I, lynn sanity turned out to like just yeah. be one of the stars you know well you know it's funny uh, the lynn sanity thing that's always kind of a sore spot because that you know that guy was not legitimate this guy i think is legitimate as far as a star um, I just think that the one thing that separates Purdy is rare competitive fire. And once again, it's like you can't really see a lot of the things that make him him. That's what I mean. Think about it. the two greatest quarterbacks who ever played were overlooked. Joe Montana was a third round pick. He was overlooked. Uh, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. He was overlooked. They're the best. They're the best. Yeah. And what did you overlook about them? Well, you couldn't see into their chest and say, man, these guys had incredible heart. Um, but that's what Joe had. Now, underrated athleticism for Joe, underrated arm strength for Tom. Um, I think you could probably say the same, you could probably say the same two things about Brock. Underrated athleticism, underrated throwing ability. But really what separates these guys from others is this like almost dysfunctional, I need to win. I have to win. Um, and that's what I'm getting. That's what I got out of Brock's running in this last game. It's like, you know what? It's go time, man. He can sense the finish line. And I think as we get closer, he's, he's going to play bigger um, because he's such a great competitor. Now, so is Mahomes. By the way, Damon Bruce in the chat, he said, two of my favorites. 
Will we have a guy siding in Vegas? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> We're still working on that. Yeah. Um, what One thing that I got to ask you, because I think it's I kind of an interesting angle on the 49ers. We talk about players, and I feel like, like Coach Yak, who I had on the show the other day, has a tweet out right now. And it's yards allowed per game this postseason. Demo Lenore is allowing 10 yards per game. And Mooney Ward is allowing 27 yards per game. Is it possible that we are looking at a great corner tandem that we're not really noticing, discussing, or talking about? These guys are succeeding right before our eyes. And yet... Nobody talks about Demo. Nobody really talks about Mooney. Um, is it possible these guys wind up being major stars on Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, to answer your first question, like bigger picture, yes. I think there's a chance that we're watching uh, in Diamador Lenore like a, a several-year starter at cornerback for the 49ers. I, I think there's – I don't think there's any – there's really no question about that, whether it's at nickel or a corner, whatever. But like this guy, he had that sequence against the Packers that was just ridiculous. He made, I think, three plays in a row, including that hit on that receiver screen to blow the play up. And um, I think what 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 I love about the Amador Lenore is how hard he plays while being under control. And he's just really he's a good he's a really good player. Very um, underrated as far as toughness, too. Very tough player. Very tough. Very tough. Aggressive. He fits there. He plays like, not to be cheesy, but he plays like a 49er. He really does fit their person, the personality of that defense, right? When you watch him play, you go, yeah, okay. That guy plays on the same defense as Hufunga, Greenlaw. He plays like if Greenlaw were, a, were smaller, kind of sometimes is how Lenore plays. <laughs> Nobody quite plays like, Greenlaw, but that's so. Uh, yeah, and 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 the other reason I I think that could be I think it's about you know it's about making plays on on Kelsey, um, on NVS, you know, like I I do think they're set up in a game like this, definitely on Rashi Rice, but I, I do think they're set up in a game like this to make to just make a play. I think they're both good when plays break down because they have good feel. So this is the kind of game where can you surprise Mahomes out of nowhere when he tries to make a play, jump in front of a ball? I, um, yeah, I think those two are a great combo. So, what do you think of this? This is Smith talking. Schefter put this out. This Chiefs, and this is Smith very being very pessimistic about the Niners. We'll play this, and then you have a. We've got another thing that we'll show here. Here's Smith on the Adam Schefter pod. Like this this 49er defense doesn't do a lot. They don't present a lot of volume. Um, I, I think he, they're going to be in for it. The, the only chance I think the Niners have to win is a little bit of a shootout. And again, this Chiefs defense just continues to elevate their game. Like this this 49er defense doesn't. So he doesn't, he, he feels like the Niners don't present enough volume as far as the different things that they do and that it won't be a mental challenge for Mahomes. You saw the the last game in 2022, the football, the, you know, the quarterback uh, uh, thing on net was it Netflix this summer, where Mahomes was like, "Hey man, 
you know, they're, they're bringing their safeties up. We're going to throw it over the top. And sure enough, they did. And they toasted the Niners that day and beat them by what three touchdowns or whatever, put 44 on the board. Um, what, what, what did you think of what Smith said? And then also this quote from Cody Alexander you have here says the 40 yeah, my buddy, I was talking to my buddy, Jeff Schwartz yesterday and he's like, Oh, the Niners, uh, the Niners are really static on defense. I said, you're the second person that I've heard say that today. And so he said, Oh, I saw this tweet that they're the most static defense, least amount of movement in the NFL. Um, so, uh, you know, I, they, they definitely moved. I, who had the, who had the breakdown that I saw? Oh, it was last night. Somebody sent me Emmanuel Acho. Did you see his breakdown of the uh, the fourth down throw, the second fourth down incompletions down, down the right sideline? How the Niners tricked the Lions into believing they were in man. Right, I did see that. Um, so they definitely. It seemed like they adjusted things in the second half. I don't know what you're. I I, I brought that tweet because I wanted to ask you about it, but. Um, you know, we played the Alex Smith thing on the pod yesterday. John's point was that Kansas City doesn't really shoot out this year. Like, it, they don't get into shootouts. Um, they, but well, I can I, they? I mean, can they? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the Niners probably have the more explosive offense here. And if the Niners can score 30, this they're probably going to win. 49ers are probably going to win if they can get to 30. Um. Yeah, the Niners have – I'm just thinking about what you just said, the more explosive offense. I mean, statistically, they do. Uh, I I think they have the more – I don't want to say this. I think Kansas City is a little more feast or famine offensively. But they've just – they've got the guy that can make three throws that turn into three touchdowns, right? So – they just you you just have to be aware of the fact that they can they don't do it they haven't done it more than they've done it once this year scored thirty four, but they've just got that guy and I just refuse to sleep on Mahomes. That said, um, uh, yeah you like you're gonna give up some points to him, but he just doesn't have. If he had Tyree Kill, I think we'd be looking at this game very differently. But he doesn't have it, have Tyreek anymore, and I think that what Steve Wilkes did in that Packer game was reflective of the way Kyle Shanahan coaches offense, which is, and it's why I think it's so confounding to people when you look at some of the defensive metrics and you go, this is one of, this is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Right. And then you watch it and you go, they look terrible. What is going on? But I think part of it is that they look terrible for a half. They don't, I think sometimes they look good for the other half. You know, they play a four, it's a four quarter game and they will make plays at the end of drives. And they did it now two weeks in a row where you go, can these guys stop the run? Are they going to get to the quarterback? And then in the red zone against the Packers and on fourth down against the Lions and in the second half against the Lions, Lions scored at the end of the game. That was it. They go. Well, from- the only thing is the Niners, the Lions had 10 offensive possessions and they scored four touchdowns. And they had one field goal, so that was half their possessions. They punted twice, and they turned it over on downs three times. And I thought the play calls on their fourth down tries were awful. When you really looked at the fact that they had two backs, the Niners couldn't stop at all. And yet they threw the ball on their fourth down 
tries. It's like, what do you, you know, you could debate whether, whether or not they should have gone for it on fourth down on some of those, but they definitely shouldn't have been dropping back looking for Josh Reynolds. When you well, have, when you have David Montgomery going for six, eight, a carry. You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes in hindsight after seeing Matt Mayoko's interview with Steve Wilkes on the field after the game, I don't know if you saw it, but Wilkes no. said, Wilkes said, we we knew 2-6 could be a little loose with the ball. They had Gibbs as a fumble risk on their scouting report, mm-hmm. which is pretty alarming if you're the Lions. Maybe your biggest mistake was not going for it on fourth down or throwing the ball on fourth down. But it was with all the momentum about to come crashing down on your head, giving the ball to Jameer Gibbs instead of David Montgomery deep in your own territory. You know, maybe that was the mistake because the Niners knew they could strip the football from Jameer Gibbs and they did. But to go back to the first point you made, what are you saying when you say Detroit only had 10 possessions? You're saying they're more successful than the final stats? Well, I'm saying that Dan Campbell may have stopped them more than the Niner defense stopped them. Well, the Niners' defense made a play on that fourth down. Steve Wilkes has had in back-to-back games. Did they, or did Reynolds drop it? Well, yeah, that that one he dropped. I'm talking about. Well, I guess I'm talking about the was it the third down play that that uh, right? Okay, that Acho broke. I'm just saying, like Wilkes. Yeah, Reynolds dropped it. It was a perfect pass by God. Reynolds, too, Reynolds right had two bad drops, so you know you got to acknowledge that. But the line, the Chiefs might drop a ball too. I mean, ten possessions is on the high end for this game. Because the Packer game was nine possessions per team. It was three per team in the first half. It was six per team in the second half. So you got to figure that's what this is going to, you got to, this game's going to be nine. You're going to look up, Larry, and the third possession of the game is going to take us into the second quarter. That's what usually happens. And you're going to go, oh my God, we're already in the second quarter of the Super Bowl. You know, like Brock's had two throws or whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like Chiefs get the ball first. Then they're going to, Niners will get the ball. Then the Chiefs get the ball. And then we'll be in the second quarter halfway through that drive. So that's where I think the pressure really probably turns up. Now, what happens in a lot of these games is you get more possessions in the second half than you did in the first half. But, uh, you know, I think they can force. Can you force six stops? Can you get six stops on the Chiefs? To me, this one is all about turnovers it's all about turnovers it's gonna be it's you know if, the, if you know if you look at that chief ravens game um it was all about turnovers i mean kansas city was plus three in turnovers i mean baltimore i mean kansas city wound up in that game against baltimore um playing making the ravens play from behind because they got up 17 7 but i mean you know, Lamar struggled on third downs. They were they converted three of 11, but still Baltimore put up 336 yards on a day where they didn't really run it well. Um, I mean, they didn't run it often. I should say they ran it well. They didn't run it often. Um, I mean, they ran Baltimore ran for five yards of carry against this chief's defense, but they turned it over three times. Kansas city had a, almost a two to one time of possession advantage. And also Baltimore made more mistakes. They had eight penalties for 95 yards. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would like to see the 49ers try to commit to the running game a little bit more than they have and run it against Kansas city. 
I mean, Baltimore could. And I, I like, you know, the Niners have Christian McCaffrey. The Ravens don't. So that to me is, I, I think this game's winnable, but you're going to have to, Bosa's going to have to make an impact. Chase Young's going to have to be be something. Um, I think Kinlaw is going to have to play a ton in the middle, and he's going to have to keep bodies off of Warner and Greenlaw to go run and make plays against Pacheco. Because if it's Pacheco on on uh, Tayshawn Gibson all day, you know Pacheco can't see he's going to win. Um, but you know Kansas City didn't run that effectively in this game, but they just got up on on Baltimore. And Baltimore turned it over. So, I mean, Mahomes was 30 of 39, so he was great. But, like, Pacheco went for 2A to carry. He wasn't that effective. And you know where they're going. The Niners should be able to have a really good idea. I mean, look at look at their targets. They had 36 targets the Chiefs did on the day. 20 of the 36 went to Rice or Kelsey. So you know where they're going with the football. They're, it's not like past Chief teams where you're like, Dude, they've got all these guys, Demarcus Robinson and Hardman and you know, they've you know Juju and you know, no. You know, they're going to Kelsey and they're going to Rice. Yeah. Well, Pacheco's going to be over 2.8 yards per carry in this game. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Uh, that that Ravens front is formidable. Yeah. They're hard to move. Uh so I I expect him to be somewhere in at least 3.8 or 4.1 something like that, which is a lot. 4.1's a lot. But um, I'm not as concerned about him running the football in the red zone. Like the Niners did a really good job against Green Bay in the red zone, short yardage, right? The Jordan Love sneak. Niners did a good like they like they find a way when they have to. Um, not every time, but I think they're more effective down there. It feels like so. The 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 number one. There's just two things that stand out in this game. It's Chris to me. It's Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. This is a game for star players. Not to be overly simplified about it, Larry, but when you have a team that's gotten where where Kansas City has gotten by going on the road uh, with lesser talent, sometimes now great they got a good defense and they got they got a they got a freaking maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, they have not played. Steve Spagnuolo has not coordinated in this postseason against a coach of Kyle Shanahan's caliber. Mike McDaniel's excellent. Maybe one day Mike will be of Kyle Shanahan's caliber. But there's just no way his team with Tua was going to go on the road from Miami to the weather in Kansas City and win that game, right? Then Buffalo's coordinator. They changed coordinators this year. And then Todd Munkin. You know, he's this 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 is Spagnol, this is Steve Spagnolo, who's been a very for the most part, has been a very good, maybe the exception of Tampa, but he's been a very good uh or I guess the exception of Philly, with the exception of Philly in the Super Bowl last year. He's been a very good playoff coordinator. He's an excellent defensive coordinator. But he's not faced a play caller in this postseason like Kyle Shanahan yet. This is also Brock Purdy's first go-around against the Chiefs. I mean, he played off the bench against the Chiefs, but um, if you say, why do you why like the 49ers to beat the Chiefs? I think Purdy's going to play well. I, I really do. I think, he's, I think the 49ers are going to have one big playoff game, and this is going to be it, and I expect him to play well. 
Um, that would be why I like the 49ers, but I don't feel great about the Niners Wilkes's ability to stand up to read um, or the Niners defense ability to stand up to, to Mahomes. So I kind of agree with Alex Smith. I think it's, it's going to be somewhat of a shootout. I think the chiefs are going to score more than they normally do. And then it's just a matter of, can the 49ers score more than Kansas city? You think the chiefs are going to score more than they normally do, but that 23 or 24 points is still enough to win the game. Well, I think that's a key number for the 49ers as far as 24, I think, puts pressure on Kansas City. Um, I expect Kansas City to score probably 24 to 28. But, um, you know, this game will be competitive if the Niners score at least 24. As far as what wins it, probably more like 30. Niners probably going to have to score 30. And I don't know if they can against this defense. That's That is the question. Who do you like in this game? Who and have you and John talked about this on your your guys' show? What is who's he picking? I know he's a big Reed guy. Uh, I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I uh, I think we have not done like official picks. I said I think the Niners are going to win. I think he said he thinks the Niners are going to win. So oh, he does. Hmm. And what what would be your reasoning before we hit these supers and bolt for the door? What uh, well, I I think the Niners are going to win too. I just think it's I think it's. Um, I think it's their time. I think it's really hard to win championships. And I and I and I just feel like they're gonna fire one big effort in the playoffs. And they haven't I, yet. My reasoning is I think despite Mahomes, who still could steal it from you with lesser talent, I don't think the group I don't think the Chiefs collection of talent is is the type that will give gives the Niners a bunch of problems. I think the Niners benefit when they can hone in on one or two guys. Um and uh uh offensively, I think that they'll be able to, I think Brock will be fine. I think they got enough weapons. They will commit to the run. I think they can play against Kansas city. I think they can get the ball out quick to protect Brock against Pert against uh, Chris Jones. You know, I Kansas city has got good players. I think the experience of playing Baltimore of playing Cleveland, the way they did move the ball against Baltimore, despite that final score, you know, I just, um, like I said, I feel better about them coming into this game than I get, than I did against, Detroit. Now we could be sitting there with two minutes left and Mahomes got the ball down three and you go, oh shit. <laughs> I know, seriously. But but as I said earlier, like this stuff is not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be painless. You know, what do you always say at the end of a great accomplishment? Blood, sweat, and tears. You know, thanks to everybody. It's you know, you don't get through, you don't you don't climb Everest unscathed, and you don't always come down with 10 fingers and toes. So it's this but this is hard. This is the way it is. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. Not to sound like uh, a dad, but it's supposed to be hard. No, I mean, this is why they have, you know, they have parades for Super Bowls. Why? Because it is the hardest freaking thing to do. All right, let's hit some supers and then we'll, we'll bolt here. John Edwards says Shanahan is a tactical genius. However, the 49ers cannot start this game by sitting back and observing. They must get an early lead by being aggressive. Pounce on them with an offensive onslaught. Um, I don't know if it has to be you know, a super aggressive plan, but I would love to see a ball control run game, man. That would be nice. Mike Monahan says, imagine how Brock Purdy will improve after a true off season. Yeah. I mean, just the idea that Brock Purdy's still on the uptick, you know, that's the other part of this. It's not just where he was drafted. Forget about where he was drafted coming off the, the UCL surgery this off season, minimal off season for him. He's taking days off in training camp. Like you remember that? Like is Brock, yeah, he couldn't practice every day on his arm. 
Well, and he had some bad days in training camp where he kind of floated balls in the middle of the field and so on and so forth. You may recall that that I was unfazed by that, but yeah, and I was too because uh, to me, that's where you make your mistakes. And but there was a common denominator to his turnovers in practice that also is the same common denominator to his turnovers in the game. When he throws it late in the middle of the field without a lot a lot on it, those passes can get picked. And luckily, in the last couple of games. Uh, when he's made those kinds of throws, they haven't gotten picked. Jawan Jennings has bailed him out. Um, the big 25 says, move Lenore to the outside, put Logan Ryan inside. Would you do that? I wouldn't. Would you? No. No. I would. Oh, Mike McDonald is getting hired by the Seahawks. Well, God knows. I thought he had the best plan against the 49ers. I know. I don't love that. I don't love it either. But uh, he's... Talk about a guy who's stars on the rise. Matthew, I thought they'd go with um, Dan Quinn, but no. Matthew rallies. What's that? Which would have been good for the Niners. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Matthew rallies is a dive a dump truck of money to drive a dump truck of money to Belichick to be the defensive consultant for one game and tell Wilkes to go sit in the damn corner. I'm not sure if that's the nicest comment towards Steve. Shanahan was asked that by Cam Inman, by the way. Yeah. Are you going to pay money to bring in? I mean, doesn't that seem like a total insult to your defensive staff? Do you really want to insult your entire defensive staff going into the biggest game of your year? That seems well, really... I don't want it. Well, do I want to insult them? Maybe I do. Uh, no, would I don't you want to do that. Way. I would bring in Belichick in the offseason and pay him a boatload. Why? Because you get five or six good young DBs, and he's one of the best coordinators of DB play in the in the history of the nfl well i would take more money to hire bill to be your defensive coordinator than kyle shanahan makes probably so would you be willing to do that if you were kyle i would would if i won a super bowl if i didn't win a super bowl if i win the super bowl i'm willing to do it because what do i care and i want to win again i don't win if you win the super bowl and you said if you win or you lose you said if If i win i would do it if i lose i wouldn't do it if you lose, you would not hire Belichick to be your defense. No, because then it's like, hey, Belichick got us over the top. Oh, it's I, a legacy. It's an ego. It, thing. I think it's an ego thing. I mean, yeah. come on. I think we'd be naive to think these guys don't have egos. Now, if you win the Super Bowl and Wilkes seems like he's a one-year guy and and leaves, um, why not? Why the hell not? You got really great group of young dbs i like them all they need development you need to maybe find one or two more belichick's the perfect guy for that and there's no cap on what you pay assistance back up a truck give him a bunch why not uh, i would i would i think he's that i mean gotta remember this new england was still seventh in total defense this year one spot ahead of the 49ers so it's not like the guy can't coach he can coach he, he's not a good gm and he's not a good offensive coach he's maybe not a good executive but he's a very it turns out he's not great at like building a coaching tree either, right? He's no, but that's for sure. Um, Tyler wise guy says this Niners team is battle tested. They will win a close game. Did, did you see that a gambling syndicate bet a million on the Niners to win the Super Bowl? So the line moved up to minus two. I did see somebody put a million at Caesars on the Niners. God just amazes me when I see somebody putting a million dollars on a football game. Wow. What if they bought a suite for a million dollars? Would that be a better use of money? 
I mean, it's less risky, but I no, I don't get that either. Uh, that's pretty much what it's costing. It's going to cost like eight grand for tickets. Keldon says, do the 49ers still have a short passing game? Yeah, it would be nice to bust one out in this game. That's for sure. Um, and Daryl Granville, member for nine months. Love your work, LK. Why does everyone keep mentioning Detroit's run game in the second half when the Niners were coming up with stops when they did run? Um, I just think that when you when you finish the game giving up 6-8 a carry to Montgomery, but he only got 15 carries, you're living right, baby. You're living right. He had 33 carries in a game earlier this year. They could have given it to him an awful lot. To me, the Dan Campbell's biggest mistake in this game was when they had the momentum late second quarter and the Niners were reeling and the stadium was quiet and there was no momentum on the Niners' side and he got to fourth and goal from the two and he's got a running back that's going, they're going for nine yards a play in the first quarter. They got a running back going for like seven yards a carry. Run Montgomery and go up 28-7. Instead, Mr. Go for it, kick the field goal. And to me, that was the beginning. It's funny. In that moment, I thought the Niners would be better off if Detroit went for it because it would give them the chance to get a stop. Right. But it turned out, you know, the alternative, he turned it. Yeah. Yeah. The alternative would have been they're down three scores. That's right. With no momentum. And then uh, that field goal to start the second half would really hurt. Oh, God. And that, the fact that they only settled for they got a field goal on the first drive. I, th- I still thought, man, a major advantage, Detroit. And that's why when Detroit didn't go for a field goal on the next possession, it was like, dude, wait a second. You could negate the Niners' entire last drive by just kicking a field goal. Um, do it. and But no. Uh, they basically, was it was almost like a turnover. Jennings was open, by the way, before the Moody field goal on the he first was. drive of the second half. Jennings was wide open, and it was a rare miss in that spot for Purdy. Purdy was Purdy, you know, was great on, in in the money moments for sure in the second half, but um, it's not been he's not been he hasn't looked really comfortable in these playoffs. Dazza says during the Chiefs versus Ravens game, the commentator mentioned that you should play man defense against Mahomes. Do you have the personnel to do that? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'll say this. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I would absolutely play man to man defense against Mahomes and uh, put the extra guy in the box to, to stop the run and just tell all my young DBs, we're going to go man. We're going to play man. Cause I, I, I would do that. I, I think that's the better route. Now you got to worry about Mahomes running if everybody's heads turned in man because he'll do that. But, I, that's what I would do. I would play man um, guy. I, I, I would I would definitely put that extra defender in the box to stop Pacheco and make them throw the ball and play man-to-man and roll the dice and take my chances. Niners play well when they do both, I think. Some kind of mix medley. Yeah. Um, you're right about that for sure. Larry, on the Brock interception against Detroit, would you rather see him take a sack or stay aggressive, stay with the aggressive mindset? Well, I mean, you, you the, here's the bottom line is you can't play scared and you have to throw a couple of 50-50 balls down the field and trust that your receiver is going to do what Ayuk did in the first quarter and break it up if if it's not going his way. So to me, no, you know, 
no guts, no glory, right? Uh, I think you you have to give your receivers a chance to make plays. I've been banging this drum for a few weeks, so I apologize. Not apologize, but I, you know, I'm, I'm repeating myself for some people. I think one thing that we do not talk about enough when it comes to quarterback size, we talk so much about it from like a, can you handle the grind of the NFL? Can you can you create for yourself? Can you break out of sacks? Right? Are you going to get hurt? Can you get away from guys? I think the thing, and it's I, I've only thought this this year watching. You've scouted, so maybe you've been thinking about this for a long time, Larry. But it, I think it really comes up, and you see it with Purdy on that interception. The size matters in spots where the ball is coming out. Right? You're not getting sacked. You are the ball's going to get out of your hand in time, but you're getting hit, and you getting hit. Uh, if you're six four, is you getting hit like on the rib? And at his size, it's you getting hit kind of on the shoulder or at your elbow. And I think what we've seen with him is that the lack of of height creates inter- it created an interception there, right? Where he's getting hit and the ball get the the ball still got out, but the trajectory got changed just enough because of where he got hit, which is a result of him not being taller. Uh, I think that's where QB size, that's one thing I've learned watching him this year is that's actually where QB size, I think, comes in the most for him. Not guys getting their hands up and the ball just getting batted straight down, but where does the ball go when he gets hit as the ball is still, you know, on his fingertips? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I agree. It's, you know, when you're a smaller guy and the ball gets hit, it has a different, you know, you're, you have a hard time following through. There was one on there where he basically high five the defender. Did you see that one? No. Which throw was that? Um, somebody got a full grip on his hand. Was it Aline oh. McNeil on that early first quarter play? Oh, you mean the Debo throw where he got crushed? Yeah, and I believe McNeil and his hand hit together gotcha. on the follow through. That which... throw was one of those where if they don't get down like they got down, or if that throw happens in the third quarter then it's one of Brock's signature throws. It just happened so early in the game that, you know, 10,000 other things happen. But if that throw happens in the second half, I think we're talking about it like maybe the best, that and the sneak out of the sack and get it to use check is, you know, maybe two of the best throws of the game. His touchdown throw to Ayuk after Ayuk got the ball off the face mask is also, I think, a really underrated throw. But um, Stuck it in there, man. They yeah. had to have that. That 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 play to Ayuk was going to be all for naught if they don't score the touchdown there, and that was a third and goal, right? It was, yep. Yeah, so that was huge. Uh, Artemis says, will Wilkes learn his lesson and abandon the wide nine? No, he will not. Uh, Clyde, God, sometimes Ma- the wide nine is so freaking – when you watch it on the end zone view in the all 22, it's like there's these so guys room. are all halfway to the benches. Yeah, I mean, there's so much room there. <laughs> it puts such an emphasis on you better have badass linebackers. Yeah. Luckily, they do, but even so, it's that's just an awful lot to ask. And Clyde says, can we rent DeForest Buckner for a game? Cresco? Is there a Cresco uh, you know, place where we can go? <laughs> you be Cresco guy? You be Cresco guy for your, oh, uh, yeah. for, your lawn, for your lawn care? If I want to, well, not for the lawn care, but maybe, you know, like maybe a power washer for the deck or something, you know, Yep. Um, you know, rent it instead of owning all that stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm a a Cresco guy. And then there, you know, it works. It's cheap. It's good. There's one nearby. All right, guy, what do you got cooking the rest of the day, man? What's uh, we're going to be down at Niners tomorrow um, and Friday. Yeah. Um, I hope you're going to Vegas, man. Cause uh, if you don't go to Vegas, how do I, how do I buy you drinks? 
You know, how, how do Good I point. buy you drinks from uh, if I'll you're bring here? The Tito's. <laughs> yeah, bring bring the bottle of Tito's. Yeah, you know, uh, we can we can carry it around the strip. I'm going not- to uh, let's see today. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go talk to Brody Brazil. Nice. Uh, Brody hit me up. I love I, Brody. Then go way back. And then this afternoon, I'm going to do something with my good friend. Ashley Adamson has a podcast with Lisa McCaffrey. So I'm going to go on with them and talk to uh, I got some I got a list of questions for Lisa. Anything you want me to ask Lisa McCaffrey later today? Um, how's Christian's neck feeling? Yeah, that was number one on the list. <laughs> he, he landed on his head. Yeah. I mean, that would probably put me in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. For him, most running like, backs would have said, like, hey, coach, I you should put somebody you should put Elijah in here because I don't think I'm not confident I can protect the football. It was he took the full weight of his body on his neck. I would imagine he probably felt terrible right there. But do you think most guys would have said I don't coach. I can't. I mean, I could, but I probably shouldn't. Is that normal behavior by McCaffrey? You think? I think. I think anytime I really you're talking about the it. neck, you're it's very severe. So yeah. I, I would say, you know, and I would never question his toughness because he's so tough. No, no, but, no. I'm giving him credit for not trying to in a critical spot. Going, hey, let let Elijah handle this. I think yeah. he's better suited for this moment. I'm just wondering, do most guys? I think guys yeah. would be more, you know, so there's just few glory hunter type people that would just be like, I want the glory. But I think if you know what you got, I think they made the right call because yeah. Elijah is so reliable and he never fumbles. Um, and that's what I want when I'm on the doorstep. I like, I, I feel very comfortable going with Elijah Mitchell in a fourth and one situation. So but but Larry, I'm not talking about it's one thing to come out for one play. I'm talking the next possession when they had to ice the game by giving the ball because they couldn't kneel it out. Right. They had to give the ball to Elijah. That's the but you know think about it. That's what Shanahan wants to do. If you asked him what's his ideal utilization of his backs, he wants to use McCaffrey all day, all night. And then when he gets a lead and he's trying to put the game away, he'd like to use Elijah. I mean, that's what he's that's the that's the role that Elijah has manned for the Niners as he's been the closer back. Yeah, he's and, been the closer after McCaffrey has 28 carries and a, they're working on his calf. I don't think it's because Kyle wants Elijah carrying the ball instead of Christian. Do you? No, but he, I'll say this. There are things that Elijah does better than Christian. I think um, he never fumbles. He's he will block. He will read his blocks incredibly well. He's Christian's more of a do it all guy and he's special. Um, but Elijah, if you just need someone to pick and slide, not have a negative yardage play, he's, he's one of the most difficult. He reminds me a lot in short yardage of the genius of Marcus Allen, who was also not a big back, but he was a genius in short yardage. And, I love Elijah in short yardage. I think feels like Elijah is destined to be like Raheem Mostert 2.0. Like he'll be Brian Greasy's running back somewhere in two years and have 18 touchdowns because we'll finally be healthy. Only thing about Elijah is he's a small man who had who kind of plays a big man's game between the tackles. Yeah, he is hurt all the time, and that just doesn't bode well for any kind of longevity. But but you know Mostert was hurt a lot. Mostert was, but Mostert also had, you know, crazy speed. He does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, Mostert's got, you know, Mostert's one of the fastest guys in football. 
Um, that's going to do it for us. Have a great day, guy. Hopefully, we'll see you in Vegas. I'll see Thanks. you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle. Uh, thanks to Marin Autoglass. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy. Thanks to Tito's, right? Handmade Vodka. Handmade Vodka. Anybody else you want to thank? No, we'll Academy, thank you. your agent, your <laughs> wife, John. We'll we'll leave it at Tito's. <laughs> thanks to every, how about how about everybody? All I, I too many of the name. I don't want to leave anybody out. I want to thank my agent who's really done a great job getting me parts, and I just I want to thank just all the people, the little people out there. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly.